Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 24. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, a Star Wars related topic brought to you by Nabil, and then we'll be, we'll be reviewing the new Star Wars film, Solo, A Star Wars Story. Hey, what you watching? Eeny, meeny, miny, Nabil! <laughs> so what you've been watching, Nabil? Um, I've watched a few things. I've been watching, uh, I don't know if you guys know, the new season of Arrested Development is coming out, season five, on uh, Netflix. I think like this week, right? Yeah, I believe it's on Tuesday the, uh, what is that, the 29th? Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah that sounds 29th. about right. Um, so it hasn't been out for a couple of years. Um, they, had, they, they had brought it back from, I believe it was on Fox to Netflix in 2016. Um, and renewed it for season four. And if you don't know much about Arrested Development, it's essentially about a family called the Bluth family. Um, and the one of the sons, Michael, he kind of trying to takes over the family affair uh, of business. They're kind of like real estate moguls, and they also own some other businesses. And um, his father is going to jail for a while, and so he's trying to take reins, Michael Bluth. Uh, a lot of craziness in the family. There's a brother, Job. There's a sister, Lindsay. The mom, Lucille. And they have another brother as well, Buster. And <laughs> there's a lot of craziness that happens inside the family. And there's a lot of turmoil. And it's actually a Ron Howard uh, uh, show. He's he's uh, wrote it. He created it. It's a very smart-witted uh, show. He's uh, also the narrator, too. He's also the narrator. The, for That's the episodes. true. I did not know he created that. Yeah. Oh, nice. He created it with his... Uh, partner i can't remember his name in imagine entertainment and he talks about it a lot because it's also kind of like fourth wall breaking almost yeah that makes sense narrator so they they kind of book fun of the fact oh nice um season four kind of after they clean up everything the first three seasons season four comes on to netflix and um it kind of the opposite happens instead of the father being in jail the mother goes to jail and um michael bluth tries to leave the business altogether and starts his own way um and it, the way they did it originally, they kind of changed from their format. Their format usually is they try to bring everybody together in, in a season. And each episode is just a lot of different stories happening at once. And what they did originally was they just did the uh, one person scenario because they couldn't get everybody in at the same time because it was so long. Yeah, their schedules were all conflicted. Exactly. So they just kind of did one character and focused on them for each episode and yeah. then brought it all together at the end. And then they did recently a remaster since they knew they were coming out season five at the beginning of May. And so they recut it the same way. And it's pretty interesting how they did it because I kind of feel like I liked how they did it in season four more, <laughs> even though it, the original one, instead of uh, what they've done now because they're seems kind of all over the place again. Can uh, you tell like it was forced, the recut, that 
it kind of forced them to be more the way together. Too, yeah. yeah, the way they kind of cut it, um, they they try to show you in the past by doing like these kind of white borders and a lot of narrating over it to say that, okay, this is what happened back then, but this is what's going on now. Um, so it just seems like a lot of mess because all this, all the episodes kind of really blend in together. But it's still very funny. The writing's still funny. There's still a lot of callbacks to the from the old seasons. Um, everybody's still really trying to deal with some of the issues that they were dealing with the family and it and it doesn't seem to ever let go like every time somebody catches a break some other crazy thing happens to them and it just continues yeah. to to kind of riff that way and actually ron howard's in this season as well because there's a uh, a b story with michael trying to be a producer and get the film rights of the family and so ron howard is interested and he's going to be the production company if michael can get all the rights so he comes off as a dick in the show, of course. So yeah. he's playing a really mean guy. And I really, I guess I, I just do not remember this season too well. I remembered part of it as Nabil was describing it and kept thinking in my head, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. Ron yeah, Howard it, actually did it's coming uh, back guest to me. star in this. Yeah. It's coming back to me, but I mean, it's like, it was definitely the weakest of the, the it was, seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it like many people did, but I I do agree that it wasn't as strong as the previous seasons. Uh, but overall, because I was a fan of the show and at the time it was fresh, I liked it. I think- I, I also heard. Sorry to interrupt. Just last thing, I heard that the recut doesn't really fix it as much. No. Like it helps a little, but it's like you if you've seen it once, you might as well just. You know, wait for the new season. That's yeah. what I've heard. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> really. Uh, I thought it was gonna make it like a, a whole different twist on it and say, oh, it's gonna be refreshing, and it helped me kind of remember what happened, but it didn't really add anything for me. It just seemed like it made me a little bit more confused. Did you watch the um, the entire thing? Yeah, I just finished it actually this morning. <laughs> Do you think it's worth going back? Or no, if you want to okay. watch it, um, I would. I think. As a whole, it's really worth watching it because those stories are very intermingled. Um, so if you don't remember, you'll get lost starting in season five because they always do a lot of callbacks. Yeah. Um, but Netflix does the those recaps now they do. for most of their popular shows. So that helps a lot um, to kind of get you back to where you remember as I well. May, I may just do that. Or I could probably look it up on YouTube. YouTube, yeah. <laughs> the, story, like the story so far. Right? If you yeah. really think about what the story is, not much happens. All of it happens like over just a few years. Isn't the so, recut longer too? Yeah. Because they shortened them to like 22 they, they, minute episodes. They made it like 22 minute episodes and there's like 25 of them or 24 of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's quite and a And then bit. the original one, I think there was only like 13 for 30 minute episodes or something like that. Were so, they? I thought they were an hour. No, they were only like 34 minutes, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. So they weren't even that long either, but they it just feels so long getting through all those episodes. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it. I thought about it and then... I realized that I live in the 21st century and I could YouTube the recap. Yeah. But it's still, like I said, worth watching. It's on Netflix. And again, the new season starts. So if you haven't seen the show, even watching the original seasons are worth a watch. Um, the other show I've been watching, um, I just actually had the season finale uh, last week. And it was canceled and then luckily revived. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nice. Um, and that's a that's a hilarious show. That shows with uh, uh, one of uh, Adam Sandberg's shows. Andy Sandberg, I'm sorry. Um, and it's about a bunch of cops um, in the 99th district of Brooklyn. Um, and they and they have a new captain that comes in. And they all uh, the captain is kind of like the complete opposite of the main character who Andy Sandberg plays, which is uh, Jake Peralta. And the, it's a lot of just 
hilarity that ensues in that the whole, each episode is a, a background of you know them chasing after villain there's some stories between how the dynamic is of each character relationships are trying to grow and the jokes are just really funny and and silly but at the same time they try to bring a little bit of seriousness in it they <laughs> keep the story going each season um it was canceled uh on fox they so they didn't get renewed when they were doing all those pa- cancellations a couple weeks ago during the cancellation purge i know yeah right but luckily, NBC picked it up the next day with all the fan support, so um, it's going to be coming back for a sixth season. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, I've seen the first three or four episodes of the first season on Hulu, and I like. I think it's funny. It's it's witty. I heard it gets better later on in the season, and the jokes get better, but um, it's, it's definitely something I, I'd want to finish, and I'm glad that it was picked up and renewed. I think the best season um, is actually season three. Is where it really just finds its stride and really knocks up the jokes and it's every every kind of punch, especially uh, Andy Samberg's character with Jake Peralta. Like his characters, as funny as that they were trying to make it in the first couple seasons, he's just kind of the jokester, and it's like, would you see him on SNL? Because it was his big first big show yeah. out of mm-hmm. SNL. Um, but when you get into like season three, you start really appreciating him. Um, and also like Terry Crews is in there. He's a sergeant and he's hilarious in that yeah. show the whole time. He was actually the biggest draw for me in the first couple of seasons until like Andy Samberg was really able to, to kind of stand on his own in the third season. Yeah, you put Terry Crews in anything and it's like golden. Yeah, it's, yeah. that was funny too. So he's he, just al- alone watching him. I mean, he has a lot of things about yogurt because he, he loves eating yogurt all the time <laughs> and people keep taking his yogurt from him. Until he <laughs> he kind of turns into the Hulk sometimes because you know, he's a big muscular dude. Um, so they play on that a lot And but he's really sensitive and he's got a family and kids so it's it's all very funny how they put it all together and what they've done with the characters um so and it's really watching a lot of the other shows that are on tv it's a very easy show to just kind of get lost in and just be in to laugh nothing more serious than that there's no you could pick up any season and just watch it and figure out where you are and you're you know you'd be pretty happy with it so james what about you what have you been watching so i actually watched a, a lot of shows i guess a lot of my shows have ended um, I finished the Riverdale season finale, which was really well done. Season nice. two now. Um, like I said, this show is really cheesy and corny at times, but it, it has the drama and mystery and the char- characters in here are really likable. I've talked about it before. It's based on the, um, Archie comics, kind of, uh, the newer version of it in the, uh, Archie universe. And this season was, I think better than last season. Which is even crazier. Wow. So, something I highly recommend checking out. It had some crazy stuff going on in the last two episodes. Just some crazy stuff. I can't even bring it up. It's like, <laughs> too man. spoilery, huh? Yeah, it's too spoilery. But uh, if, if you um, want to check it out, it's on Netflix now, season two. They, uh, CW has that deal with them where a week after the season ends, they get to put it already on there. So, it's on there now. Who would you recommend it to? Got everyone, I guess. So <laughs> just check it out. Really? Nobody? Like, if you like teen dramas, but I don't know. It's something even more than that, man. It's, Nabila knows what I'm Yeah. It, you know, honestly, I fell off about three episodes or four episodes into season two. I was just going to wait for it to come on Netflix at that point. Yeah. But um, it's, definitely, it's, it's definitely a teen drama. But what's different about it, it isn't like, you know, like... The OC or Two One or Baywatch or something like those older ones. It's it's very much unique to the drama that they bring up is almost like a primetime drama, but for yeah. kids. Yeah. So it's not over the top. Yeah. Well, no, it's over the top. It's over the top oh. at times, but I mean, it's somewhat relatable, I guess, if you think about it. They yeah. try. They definitely try to make it like 
you know, we're high schoolers. We live in this kind of crazy world, but all these stories can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, they just took it to the extreme of what would happen if that, you know, that occurred. Yeah, I keep hearing good things. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, um, I also finished uh, Cobra Kai, the YouTube oh, Red series that yes. Marco talked about uh, last podcast. Great show. Really great show. I know I was shitting on the acting, which, you know, it to a point, it's about the same throughout, but I mean... The move, uh, the show. Sorry, the show itself is a really easy watch. It's just ten episodes, about 25, 30 minutes each, and I don't know. I liked it a lot. Did it's you? really cheesy and corny, and it like it's so self aware, but it's entertaining. At the it's same super time. entertaining, and it's it's filled with substance in each episode throughout yeah. the entire series. And, and that's what I liked about it. So yeah, you guys were feeling last week when we were talking about it, our last pod, um, that you were halfway through and you you weren't sure on it. So, I wasn't sure on the acting aspect of it. And, like, story-wise, it's pretty basic. It's basically Karate Kid 1, in a way. But like a reversal of yeah, it. It's a like reversal. a revenge tale, basically. Even even though I, I don't... St- the revenge tale is... There's still more to it than that. You know what I mean? Without spoiling anything. Yeah. yeah. But I enjoyed it. The characters are cool. They're likable. And uh, it definitely sets up, like, the next season, too, is going to have some big like consequences from the actions of the first season. Mm. So it's kind of cool that they've set it up and I'm glad they actually are getting a second season because now I kind of want to see where the character arcs keep going with because they don't quite end at the end of this season. So it's kind of well, yeah, cliffhanger, huh? Yeah. And like Marco said last time, if you're a fan of the original movies, I would definitely check it out. Yeah. I can't recommend this show enough. Go watch it. If you don't have YouTube red, borrow it from a friend or like i said there are some use free the trial. episodes they got use the 30 trial. Day trial. yeah use the 30-day trial there you go you yeah. can marathon this show in like one or two days yeah it's like i said i i was only halfway through and i just started rewatching it like two days ago and i killed it out in two days so solid stuff um my other show that fin- had a finale was marvel's agents of shield which a, I thought was absolutely fantastic this season. That's a series finale, right? They're done with that? No, they got renewed again. Oh, they got one more? They got oh, one more, which that. I don't think they knew about. Survive the purge. <laughs> yeah, they made it. So they're not coming back till 2019. It's only going to be oh, 13 wow. episodes. Oh, yeah. I think that will be the series finale. Uh, this thing was like heart-wrenching, man. There was so much crazy stuff going on in this show. And without spoiling it too much, it's just um, the characters are so likable now in this show. Like It's crazy because... First two seasons I thought were terrible. It wasn't until the third season that the show starts to pick up and you start actually liking the characters finally, which is kind of nuts to say that it takes three seasons to get to it. But I mean, hey, it happens. But I'm so connected to the characters that it's easily it's easy to see why this is the highest rated Marvel TV show. It's just that it just worked so well this season. And like you actually care what happens to like Phil Coulson and stuff like that. At the end of the show, there's like some pretty crazy, like sad moments. And I was like, man, this is tough. But, and that's why, like, they made it so that this could have been the series finale. But because they got renewed, they're doing one more season. They had plans for it, like, both ways, but they made it so it was kind of open, like, hey, this is it. This is it. But, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad it's getting one more little send off. But, um, if you're a fan of, um, any of the Marvel shows in general, this is kind of more grounded, I guess, in a way that I mean, like the age. It's like it's people without well, people without superpowers and people with superpowers, but it's about Shield, 
And they've done a great job from season three going forward, just so you know. James has had an emotional roller coaster with this show. Yeah. Of will he, won't he moments a lot, of if he's going to continue on or, and can push it through was, it. Yeah, I stopped watching it for like two years. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and finish that shit. And you know what? I'm glad I did because it's probably my favorite Marvel show oh, wow. outside of Legion. Yeah. Legion Legion, and this are up there. Legion is great. And the last thing I'm going to mention here is because uh, we all three of us talk about it is um, I watched Deadpool 2. Which maybe some people are confused why we didn't review, but hey, Star Wars took precedence over it. Yeah, yeah, but we did watch it at least. Yeah, so Deadpool 2 I thought was great. I think it was as good as the first one. I don't think it was better than the first one. I think the first one was better as far as the characters, but plot-wise and the scale I think was better than the second one because they had a bigger budget, obviously. No, yeah, that yeah, that's true. I yeah, like a much it. bigger scale. Yeah. I think Ryan Reynolds himself does so well in this role because it's almost like this role was made for him. I agree. I, I didn't like how some of the characters like Negasonic, Teenage Warhead were more shoved to the side. I like that Colossus shined a little bit more because yeah, yeah, his cool. awkwardness is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. uh, the special cameo was great as well. There are actually a couple cameos in there that are awesome. Watch this movie from the beginning till the very last credits, and you will be pleased. Yeah, and I thought Josh Brolin did really good as Cable, actually, which I thought would be a harder role to pull off. But Thanos 2.0? Not bad. Just well, kidding. He was, he was amazing. <laughs> kind of. I actually I mean, never thought of him as Thanos throughout the entire movie, which I was afraid I would, but... Even it, with the he, joke references. He did a, yeah, yeah, he did a great, uh, a great job. No, so. it was cool. And I um nice little twist near the end too where they kind of switch everything up, but overall, if you enjoyed the first one, I would highly recommend checking the sequel out too. Uh Marco, what have you been watching, my friend? I've been watching quite a few things as well. Some of my shows are coming to an end, so I've been catching up. I'm not as caught up as I'd like to be, but some of the other things I've watched, for example, is the HBO original movie, Fahrenheit 451, or 451, if you will. It's a 2018 dystopian sci-fi that's based off the book by Ray Bradbury that came out many years ago. I want to say it came out in the 50s, 40s or 50s. I want to say. And basically, it's a future where books, reading, unauthorized knowledge is all illegal, Firefighters are pseudo are a pseudo Gestapo, and rather than put out the fires, they start them to burn books and arrest people in possession of them. And that's the gist of it. It's the same plot as the book as well. Coming from reading the book and watching this adaptation, I, I wasn't too impressed. And it's not because of the modern changes that they've made. It the mo- the movie itself starts off pretty good because it makes commentary about our society and as far as social media goes and how it affects our everyday life and our culture, how we favor happiness in lieu of truth, uh, slamming it, it slams the uh, positive vibes only mentality and it, it plays uh, a joke on the whole keeping it 100 thing, which I, I thought was pretty cool because sometimes it's misused. But then it, it drops uh, like 20, 30 minutes into it. It just completely flatlines. The characters are not memorable. The main guy played by uh, Michael B. Jordan, Guy Montag, is not as impactful as he was in the book. 
and his captain, played by Michael Michael B. Jordan, Captain Beatty. These guys are both firefighters That's in the story, by Michael the way. Michael Shannon. Oh, I'm sorry. Michael Shannon. Yeah, thank you. Two Michaels. Two Michaels, man. Two Michaels, one movie. I didn't like their dynamic as much in this version compared to the book. It it just it just didn't work for me. And it wasn't just the changes that they made. It was just its execution. It it just like I said, it just wasn't impactful. The subplots also were kind of droll and if so in your face that you just didn't give a shit about it. I, I care. I didn't care about the consequences of any of the characters. I, I think the only one who was ever really interesting was Michael Shannon's character, Captain Beatty. But again, halfway through the movie, it, it completely has no meaning because they, they change the outcome of his character from the book, which had true meaning, and I thought they were going to do something different. I'm trying not to spoil this movie in case you decide to watch it, but I honestly can't recommend this to anybody. Yeah, it's it. You know, it's, it has a very interesting premise, um, especially just if you take it as a film alone. Um, but the problem is, is it, as I was telling Marco earlier too, that I don't really care much about the main character Montag. At first, I I feel like I'm supposed. I know you know you're definitely supposed to, but I feel like there's a lot that's going to happen with him as they started out. But halfway through the film, like all of a sudden, he just starts becoming a different person, and which is fine. But it just doesn't seem organic. It just no. seems like they just is it like sped he just over like the flipped the switch out of nowhere yeah. exactly. No Whereas in the book, it happens organically. Mm-hmm. You 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 sense a struggle that he's trying to accept this world as it is, but also questioning it. It just happens way too fast and abruptly, yeah. and I, it, it it doesn't feel real to me. So uh, it's on HBO if you want to watch it, though I can't recommend it. Just read the book; you'll you'll get a lot more out of it. Or do the audio book; um, it's a lot better. So to build, are, are you also not really recommending it? Or? I wouldn't. I, I thought I'd like it a lot more, but honestly, it's a it's a pass. It's not something. Have you read it too? I have read the book. Um, the book is way more enjoyable for sure, and it's a lot more thought provoking. It sounds like I should check the book out. Like I for randomly, I know a lot of people in high school had to read this. I think, but I was in one of those classes that just skipped didn't have it. to. Yeah. yeah, so that sounds interesting though. The premise of it sounds great, but the movie, yeah. from what you guys are saying, sounds like a pretty big miss though. Yeah. It it is okay. Aside from that, I've been uh, finishing the new season of one of my favorite shows, The Expanse, which also survived the cancellation purge because (laughs) Amazon picked it up, which I was so happy about. But right now it's playing on Sci-Fi Channel, and um, I've mentioned the show before, real brief. It takes place in the far-off future in our own solar system. Uh, A police detective and an ex-crew of an interplanetary ice freighter uh, as well as a United States representative, try to stop a conspiracy that endangers life in the solar system. That's pretty much the gist of it. The third season that it's in right now, uh, again, I've mentioned this before, it pulls no punches, and it uh, goes in deeper with the characters as far as what the consequences of their actions will do to the fate of uh, life throughout our solar system. It uh, really tries to test the bondage of the crew from the from the ex freighter and i think that they are they grow more and you really care about the characters again that's one of the things i really like about it the story is complex the social commentary that it brings that's relatable to our world i think makes sense and uh, again i i'm glad that it was saved from uh, cancellation 
the the realism that it brings is also good. It's got some of the best special effects I've seen for a TV show. They're almost almost like Hollywood quality, not quite there, but they're pretty damn good. And I think that that helps add to um, to make the show uh, really shine. But it's on Sci-Fi Channel right now. It's going to go on Amazon, uh, I believe, next season. Check it out if you can. If you're into sci-fi and uh, space exploration, any type like that, if you're a huge sci-fi nut like I am, definitely give it a shot. You will not be disappointed. There's a lot of uh, pretty neat uh, cameos from other uh, from other actors in the show. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been watching. Nice. So we got pretty good mix here this week. Uh, let's go ahead, guys, and move on to our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. So, in the spirit of uh, the new solo film, uh, since it's a spinoff of the original trilogies, and well, I guess now the uh, the saga, Luke Skywalker saga. Yeah. Um, we figured we'd do something a little different with our, our Star Wars uh, recommendations here. Uh, so we were asking um, as a topic what Star Wars video games and Star Wars novel, comic books, us movie pals uh, could recommend to someone that uh, we think personally was um, pretty great. So, James, what kind of recommendations do you have um, for other Star Wars media? Just starting out with it here. Video game-wise, I would definitely say the one that I recommend if you have not checked it out because it's probably one of my favorite ones and also one of the games, like especially in high school, that I remember a lot too is the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, came out in 2003. It's developed by BioWare, and it was published by LucasArts. Uh, it's out for PC and Xbox. Good thing, too, it's Xbox One uh, backward compatible, so... If you have an Xbox One, uh, S, or an X, it's even more enhanced, so it looks even better. On the X, I believe it's 16 times resolution on that one, too. Oh. This was a game that I didn't even have an Xbox when I was in high school, but my one of my best friends at the time, Ryan, let me borrow it for the summer for like a month when my parents were out on a trip or something like that. Very nice of I know. <laughs> let me borrow it, and then I... Perfect I think, timing. I know, man. Dude, I played the shit out of this game. It is an RPG, so it is a role-playing game. So you are on a journey through the galaxy trying to defeat the Sith. And um, it is so well done that I think even today, especially that now that it's been kind of remastered for the backward compatibility aspect of it all, it's still something that holds up. It has a story that I think is very close to... Uh, no, it is a Star Wars story about... Something where it takes place about three thousand years, it's, I think. Yeah, before. it's like four thousand years before 4, the original trilogy. Yeah, so it takes place way back when, when the Jedi were plentiful, still even more so than the prequel comics. Yeah, the prequel it was, movies. Sorry. Yeah, it was the heyday of both the Jedi and the Sith. And I'm yeah. gonna, I'm just gonna chime in here just because it's also the game that I chose because it's it is definitely my favorite Star Wars game, like hands down. And yeah. like James was saying, the, the story is compelling. And for the time, and I think even today, it is the most immersive Star Wars game that you could play. Oh. You, you, you played really well. the dream role of a force wielder and get to construct your own lightsaber and learn the ways of the force. And I think that it to this day, like it, it is the best Star Wars game ever. Yeah, it's one of those games too that um, Bioware used off as like a platform to make Mass Effect as well, 
and uh, Jade Empire right afterwards, but it's where you decisions you can either go like light side or dark side in this one, and the decisions you make coincide and can affect your character and the plot of the story later on too. Yeah. Uh, there's also a great twist in this one that I never saw coming the first time around. Like I did not. There's a twist on who your actual identity is, and it's it's fantastic. It, ex- um, it helps expand the lore of the Jedi and the Sith. I think it's the first time, aside from the expanded universe, where you get to explore all the elements and see a certain point of view from both the Jedi and the Sith and truly make your own decision of which faction you're going to side with. And it, the way it explores it and makes it more full, I think, is what also makes this game such a great experience yeah not to mention it's fun like the combat system in this one is really well done too rpg elements to it with like turn-based combat um oh man it's just it's really well done still it's it's got a it's got a it's got a combat that's turn-based but it's also like real time and then like dialogue choices are really well done there's voice acting in it Oh, wow. Um, that seems pretty advanced, especially for an Xbox game. Yeah, like, the, there's a lot yeah. going on. At here. the time, too, like the cutscenes were like some of the best looking cutscenes I've ever seen. Yeah. And it has like an aspect of like, it's it's got a lot of homages to like the original trilogy with like, there's like a smuggler guy and there's a, a wisecracking droid and all that stuff. Yep. It's pretty, it's cool. Yeah, so, like a little R2 unit, an ancient one. Yeah. So. It, it really makes you care about the characters, which is awesome. Like, there, depending on how you play, there aren't really any throwaway characters. You really care about them, and your decisions that you make is what uh, affects the interactions you have with your crew and your teammates. Some of them will probably like disagree with you and get mad at you. Some of them will probably like be mm-hmm. loyal to you to the very end. It's it's just so good and so well done. Just talking about it right now it just makes me want to go back and play it again. Yep. And so I would definitely recommend taking a look at that one too. That is for Xbox. And PC, but like I said, you can play it on Xbox One right now, too. So, definitely a game I'd recommend. So, that's our video games that we like there for the kind of first part of it, Nabil. What uh, what game would you recommend? Well, I unfortunately never really played too much of uh, Knights of the Republic. I was a little late bloomer to the Xbox world. Gotta get on it. <laughs> Gotta get on it. But um, the Star Wars game that I did play was actually on Xbox as well, uh, Star Wars Republic Commando. I was really big into Star Wars when I was younger, as, as we all are. Yeah. But um, I really got into the prequels a lot, and I thought the Clone Wars was really interesting um, at the time. Mostly not the movie, but what the story of the Clone Wars was, which yeah. doesn't get expanded on. And the Star Wars Republic Commando really built that for me. Um, so you're a leader of an, a squad, elite squad of Republic Commandos, um, and your mission is to help infiltrate and you know ultimately annihilate the, annihilate the enemy. Um What's cool about it is that you have a squad that follows your orders as you lead, so you can tell them to go flank in a certain area, shoot here, defend there, um, and you have to work together as a team. Um, and they're pretty smart as far as uh, AI is concerned. You can use them as your weapon, so you can kind of, um, if you're if you're trying to meet some kind of objective, you can have your team focus in one area as a diversion while you're trying to go somewhere and, oh, nice. and uh, kind of go around that. Um, it's really fun in multiplayer as well because you it had four player multiplayer because it was a team of four and everyone was a little different. Like awesome, you know, one was like a bom- uh, bomber, one was you know, more assault, somebody's more on defense as well. Mm-hmm. So they all had their own little unique traits. Nice. Um, and this each each episode of the game, like each chapter, was was like a mission. So you had to go and 
you know, like take over this base from the Empire or the forming um, Separatists. Know. Yeah, exactly. Separatists, sorry. Um, or you need to go and work with the Jedi sometimes. You never got to play as a Jedi, um, but you always got to work with them. So they were yeah. in the game um, as well, which is really cool. And you kind of felt in the Clone Wars, you know, at the time at least, since there wasn't a lot of those uh, other TV shows um, that were expanding out in the books. Um, it was mostly just from what you saw in the movie and what you heard in Star Wars episode. So it, it emphasized the war yeah, in the Star war. Wars exactly. and Clone Wars. The Star War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Star War. That's the, cool, though, that it's that that game, too, is also an Xbox-only console-wise game, yeah. just like Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. And it came out in 2005, too, which... Honestly, like the graphics were really good. Just kind yeah, of in the guise of Nice Republic. That too. was definitely near the end of the Xbox. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I think it was the last uh, Star Wars, at least shooter game that came out because it had Battlefront one and two as well before mm-hmm. that. And Republic Commando was the last one. And it was, it was just really neat to um, be able to be in that world. And and I had a lot of fond memories playing because at the time, you know, Halo was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and this was a good Star Wars twist on it where you could play multiplayer player battles on that game would you say it um, kind of like mirrored that similar Halo yeah gameplay? you you had a lot of options you know with different weapons different uh, kind of like grenades nice. uh, and because you could change your character up a little bit that was nice because each one has a little more unique too and the maps were really fun when you're playing online um so that really helped amped up the whole shooter genre for me too uh, during nice. that time i've owned it before because it is backwards compatible which by the way it is backwards compatible yes, on is. xbox one Recently, too, so I don't, I don't know if we're promoting a bunch of Microsoft shit right now, but it seems that way. Yeah. But, man, I never really played it, so it's one of those games on my list. I want to go back to play this one, because it's only like 10 bucks now, too, oh, yeah. to play on Xbox One, and it's X in hand. So it, from what I've seen on uh, YouTube videos, too, it looks really good. Even today, it looks good, and that's, what, 13 years later? Yeah, it was quite some so, time ago. I, I never got to play it either, but I did see gameplay and saw some of the ways um that it was made it pretty cool and at the time i think i, I was too into like probably halo to even try to, to pick it up oh yeah probably but uh it, it's one that i always wanted to check out and uh, see if it's something that i would enjoy but um i guess now i can now that it's backwards compatible yeah, yeah definitely so hey, marco um what about comics or a novel do you have any recommendations there yes I've mentioned this book before in a previous pod. Uh, I think it was actually our last Jedi episode that I mentioned this book on. But uh, my book of choice is Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. It's a 2015 novel uh, that takes place at the dawn of the Empire, but also before, during, and after the original trilogy. And it, it... semi leads up to the force awakens it still takes place years before it but it helps kind of set set up the the status of the galaxy um it, it basically focuses around uh the characters of thane Carell and cyanna re who come from an outer rim planet called jellican uh they both bond over their shared love of flying and interest in enrolling in the Imperial Academy to become TIE fighter pl- pilots, which they eventually do. Uh, that's the gist of the plot, and there's a lot more to it, and I'm not going to spoil it, but I will tell you that you you do feel for these characters. I think Gray did an excellent job at developing both Thane and Sienna, that whatever actions they take and whatever consequences that come of those actions you, you care about, and I found myself 
at the edge of my seat at each chapter uh, whenever they were in any danger because this is a, a story outside of the the episodic movies. You, you, everything's up for grabs. So you don't know if the character's going to you know die or live or whatever. So um, I felt that dynamic was pretty interesting, just like any of the other books that aren't canonical with the um, episodic movies. Um, there's a lot of heart-wrenching moments and exhilarating chapters that just kept me riveted to this book that I, I just couldn't put it down. And it was recommended to me both by James and also an, an article that he sent me to, to read about this guy that read up on the book and just kept praising it. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot because it was part of the new canon for this new Star Wars trilogy. And I wasn't sure if I would you know, be invested in it because the EU no longer existed. But lo and behold, I loved it. It's one of my favorite books and I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it it tackles uh, again th that whole theme of a certain point of view um, where you're looking at this from the point of view of the empire, which is rarely done. You always have it from a group of smugglers or from a group of the rebels. But I think th this book does it justice in that you see how they view the rebels and the fact that the empire, as evil as it is, and as evil shit that they did there was a lot of people in it that got caught up in the mix that maybe hey they weren't exactly guilty they just sort of went with the flow of the change in their government not to say that's a valid excuse but a lot of the characters in there and side characters you're like wow that's a pretty decent person it's messed up that they're caught in the middle of this tyrannical government so i, I like that um it broke away from tradition and it it brought up uh, some themes of not letting pedigree define you. It uh, went over failure and choosing your own destiny. You know, things that were also explored in The Last Jedi, but I think that this book did it a lot better and solidified it more for you to accept it. And I feel that every Star Wars fan should probably read this book. That's that's just how I feel about it. I can't praise this book uh, enough. I, you know, and I, I've read the book as well, and I completely agree with all those points. I mean, it's a great perspective um, to have coming from the Empire side. And what I really liked the most about it was um, the, the love story between the two main characters and, you know, ideals changing their, you know, their views and still trying to, you know, find, like you said, find their own path. Yeah. Um, but really like being uh, being in it from the empire side and seeing what motivates people to do what they're doing you know because all that all that empire thing you know about you know Darth Vader and the emperor that's that's really high up there you know that's top level stuff there nobody yeah. knows what's really going on yeah. um everybody else is just looking at the point of this is a driving force trying to squash out a small rebellion that's trying to ruin the worlds and mm -hmm. they want to they don't want the essentially the clone wars to happen they want it to be peaceful exactly um, and you you see throughout the book that you're rooting for these characters to be successful when they're in the academy you're like all right this is awesome and then all of a sudden you get like reminded that wait a minute they're part of the empire yeah. they're fighting for the empire but it, it the book does such a good job and make you want to root for them it's it's crazy because you know you you realize just how different you know they view things yep. and at at times you're like oh yeah i kind of agree with that and then 
the next page you're like oh wait, wait, wait that's a little too extreme no i don't agree with that so it kind of plays with your with your feelings and your beliefs in that way definitely yeah yeah and i obviously i read it because i recommended it to marco but it's one of those books that it's it's also a really good love story too between the two main characters and yeah you, you see how their romance evolves and i, I really like the aspect of that too um, outside of you know, because the romance reflects around the whole empire and rebellion war going on, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's really well done. And I really hope they do like a sequel still. I do too. So do I. Or at least three years. But I mean, some kind of. I, I wouldn't even mind seeing it on the screen, like a television short, or you know, maybe an. I've told you movie before, this one would work as a movie. Yeah, it would. It was a really good. You, you, even story. even just as like as an animated movie, yeah. I think it would be pretty cool because. I don't know. I'd be I'd be too afraid of uh, them not doing it justice on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, solid though. But yeah, that's uh, that's my book recommendation. What mm-hmm. about you, James? Any comics or books that you would like to recommend to any of our fans out there? Um, mine would be well, something that's not considered canon anymore. I guess it's a a legend, Star Wars legend. But um, one of the first ones I read back in the day was actually Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire, which oh, yeah. came out in uh, 1996. Nice. Uh, it's written by Steve Perry. It takes place between the events of um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and it basically is kind of like a. It was a tie-in at the time. There's a. It was a big marketing right before the trilogy got the special edition versions of them done. So it's it's definitely one of those movies like here's how stuff happened, but it worked together so well because it was kind of a multimedia thing where not only did the book come out, there was a comic adaptation, and then the video game on. N64 and PC came out as well. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of people remember this from, too, because the game follows mostly Dash Rendar, the smuggler. Oh, Dash, that, yes. Yeah, that helps out uh, Luke Skywalker and the gang try to find out the location of Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Because the whole point of the book is not only are they still hunting down Boba Fett in this book, but they are also Black Sun, a criminal organization, is being hired by the Emperor, Empire to um, do... <laughs> terrible things i don't want to spoil it but i mean they're they're hiring him to kind of hunt down luke skywalker as well and use their vast fortune to kind of expand their force and um it has some really memorable characters in this one as well Uh, the reason i like it too is that i was a huge fan of the n64 game so i actually played the game first before i uh, read the book and during the time there wasn't a lot of like new star wars stories so this is definitely one of the first times that I had read like a something non-movie uh, related. To me personally, it holds a pretty close place in my heart because it's one of those ones that I reread a lot of times, and I played the game like a million times too. And uh, I think Dash Rendar has always been one of the coolest guys. That's why he's kind of like a Han Solo, but yeah. he's you know he's got a little mix of everyone in him, I guess. And yeah. He's, He's one of the cooler characters, and actually, they did add that he is somewhat in the new canon somehow because the oh, Outriders. Really? Yeah, yeah, they added the ship in yeah. the special edition of A New Hope. Yeah, and that not just that, but in something else, they have it too for like a ship uh, encyclopedia. The the Outrider is still listed on it, so nice. That's so actually, he might be used in a comic or something. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So he's he's somewhere there, but um. It's just cool. It was one of the things that has a perfect mix of action in the uh, story. If you're big on knowing what happens in between, even though now, like I said, it's not canon, it's kind of cool how they set it up. Um, it's got really cool bad guys. Boba Fett plays a pretty big role in this one, which is cool too because in the original trilogy, outside of everybody does like Boba Fett. Let's, let's not bleed yeah. around the bush. Right. But you don't know anything about Boba Fett, especially this time without the prequels coming out. Yeah. So there's a huge battle between him, Dash Rendar, and Luke Skywalker trying to get. Uh, to get to Han, like it's kind of crazy. 
there's like four different times they almost get Han in this book. It's like, oh, we almost got him. Where's he gonna go now? And then it's like, well, gotta get him next time. But uh, <laughs> outside of that, it's I, like it's a solid one. Like I said, at the time, did it help improve the experience of Return of the Jedi? Um, kind of, I guess, in a way, because you're like, oh, that's why they know where he is, and that's how they can get into Jabba's palace so easy. Mm-hmm. And I think just during the time too, uh, multimedia wise, the comic is really solid too. By the way, I highly recommend checking out the comic too. Because it's almost like each piece of these stories equal the entire real story. So it's like the novel, the comic, and the game. All are like the complete experience to experience Shadows of the Empire. Uh-huh. So at the time, there, it was kind of a marketing thing. That's why. Yeah, of course. That's so pretty smart. Each one, like the game is all Dash Rendar. The book is a little bit of everyone. Dash is actually not a huge role in it. But I mean, he's in there. And then the comic kind of fills in all the other gaps that the that all perce- uh, presents itself. So... Um, overall, it once again, it's not canon, but it's also a really pretty solid novel. Uh, Steve Perry did a lot of the cool little books back in the early 90s to early 2000s. Something I'd recommend t- taking a look at. It's not as... I don't think it's as good as Lost Stars, because truthfully, I almost picked Lost Stars too, because that's how much I love that's that book. It's a really good book. But it's definitely like a close second for me as one of the more solid books of the last... Uh, of the Legends, quote-unquote Legends series of Star Wars novels. Uh, what about you, Nabil? Well, I also was going to go to Lost Stars. Um, and, um, it's a popular one. It's, I mean, it's honestly, I haven't read too many Star Wars books, but Lost Stars is the first book that I read that, uh, that Star Wars canon that I just thought was like the most amazing story um, nice. from start to finish. Um, and Marco has pretty much said everything I felt about it. <laughs> but I do want to give a little bit of recommendation on one of the comics that are uh, currently being issued. And that's uh, the Poe Dameron comic. That's out right now, and I think it's titled Poe Dameron. Yeah. Uh, it came out in 2016, right after uh, Force Awakens. And what's cool about this is this is actually the story of Poe Dameron before The Force Awakens. Um, so it starts out with like his family, and it gives you a lot of very interesting background about him. I don't want to say too much because there's really only 26 issues right now. Um, so That's I don't want to spoil bit, anything. Though, still. It's, it is quite a bit that yeah. they've been doing for the last three, uh, two years. But. I will tell you that um, from what I've read and what I've kind of just even seen online, the story itself is 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 very interesting and building on the character who he is. And I'll tell you one small thing um, that might maybe be a little bit spoilery, um, but it is is kind of on the sense of Poe Dameron, how how he's such a great pilot, and everybody kind of looks to him and sees how great his talents or skills are that. People think that he might actually be a little force sensitive, though he may not actually believe that, and he doesn't really believe in the force. Um, yeah. He feel, you know, people are looking at him like maybe he is, and that's a lot of based off of some of the storytelling about his family and his parents and his heritage um, to where he is now. And that's a very interesting kind of a twist. And maybe they just said in the films, maybe they don't in the in the next uh, Star Wars film. But um, when I watched uh, Force Awakens. Poe Dameron was like the biggest draw for me, like seeing him and flying and how cool he was as a pilot and you know oh, yeah. Oscar Isaac. He's cool. He's yeah. essentially the new yeah. wedge. Yeah, <laughs> he's. I mean, he's he's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, seeing him coming in to save everybody in the middle of the film, you know, that was pretty cool. And mm-hmm. Last Jedi in the beginning, just that whole fight scene. Even though yeah. Yeah. I thought it was cool, the space <laughs> fighting and everything like that with Poe Dameron in there and just his skills. It, so. Yeah, it, it definitely showed his skills and how he's able to overcome a lot of situations. I yeah. like that too. Yeah. So, His character, otherwise, though, in the movies, you know, debatable. Not not the biggest role in the movies. Um, but I, they try to use him a lot in Last Jedi, but let me yeah, tell you, that's what I mean. There's a lot of issues with that one. Um, but 
in the comics, the the background they give him, they really do hype him up as the character that they were trying to portray on the screen. Is you know they use all of Oscar Isaac's uh, charisma that he brings to the character as mm-hmm. well, and hold true to that. So definitely, if you're looking for a comic series that'll kind of keep you interested and tease a little bit of uh, more of the lore and give you a little bit of background, because they do go into some of the other characters a little bit as well. Especially they do a nice little uh, send off with Princess Leia, even though she's obviously. In still alive in the in the in the films mm-hmm. they do a nice little uh thing for her nice dedication to yeah her. there's a nice little connection between ray and finn as well with poe because if you remember when you watched the movie ray's only met poe once and that was i believe at the end of uh, force awakens yes um, that's I think the so. only time she's ever met him that we see on screen um that's the kind of awkwardness between them uh in the last jedi when they meet up on the falcon exactly yeah so um, they kind of touched that a little bit um, as well. So all that little nuance that you don't get to see in the film is explained in the in the comic in a really fun way. Yes. So I do recommend watch uh, read, giving that a read if you haven't already. So those are our recommendations for uh, some non-film uh, Star Wars movies, uh, games, and uh, novels. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed that and gives you some more perspective on some other things to look into the big Star Wars universe. Um, there's a lot to see that are canon and non-canon. <laughs> Um, that's really just a fun read too um, and some great games so definitely you know take a look and explore for your own and give us some recommendations and it's like and get an xbox apparently yeah, apparently. <laughs> there's a lot of xbox games let's move on to our review now of solo a star wars story you're after something Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together a crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? All right, guys. So uh, our IMDb description here is during an adventure into the criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters Lando Calrissian years before joining the rebellion. This was directed by Ron Howard. It is starring Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo, Juna Suatamo as Chewbacca, Woody Harrelson as uh, Tobias Beckett, Amelia Clark as Kira, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian, and Paul Bettany as Dryden Voss. Um, so just starting out with it here, uh, what did you think about the movie there, Nabil? I enjoyed it. I thought it was very fun, to be honest. Like, it was a heist film. It was exciting. The, there was a, I liked some of the cameos that they did. Loved how the cameo at the end. Yeah. Um, I, think I, I, I think they did well with the origin story. They didn't have to go too much depth with a lot of things, which I enjoyed. I th- I honestly thought that um, Aiden Elrin, Aaron Ridge? Aaron Reich. Aaron Reich. There you go. Um, he did better than I thought he was going to do. After hearing a lot of rumors about how that acting was going to go, I was kind of concerned. But he actually did really well. I enjoyed him as uh, Han Solo as well. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Marco? I really liked it. And I thought that it was everything that I wanted in a Star Wars movie and felt adventurous. We got a fresh yet familiar Han Solo. And I also was impressed with uh, Aaron Wright's performance. I 
went in kind of shaky because of the rumors that I heard, but you know what? It's better to go and check it out for yourself and have your own opinion. And mine is that I think I think he did great. I think he nailed it. Had some originality, had some familiarity. Uh, the chemistry between the characters, I think, was good and felt natural. Uh, Han with Chewie or with Lando or Beckett was good. Um, even his uh, uh, relationship with uh, Kira felt pretty natural, didn't feel forced. It's, I actually believe that they were uh, in love. It wasn't a perfect movie by far, but I I still think it's worth seeing, in my opinion. I really enjoyed it, and I would see it again. What do you think, James? Yeah, like you said, it's not a perfect movie. Um, I thought it was really well acted, though. Especially Aaron Reich, his uh, solo was really good. Amelia Clark, everybody, Woody Harrelson's character, I, I thought everybody worked really well. Chemistry was really well done. Uh, I'd actually say Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian was one of the more standout roles for me. Yeah. Just because, as you know, know, I really like Lando. I thought he did well. I thought everybody was a good representation of what their future older selves would be that we see in uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the action was really well done. I don't. I know there's a lot of people talking about action being flat in this, but I don't know if they saw the movie the same yeah. way we did. Maybe. I like, yeah, I was wondering. Did you see the same movie? Because it it felt like really good action. It felt like they were um, capitalizing on that look from Rogue One, where it was greedy. Yeah. I, I was telling James about this in, in earlier today, and I felt that it it was real, and I I was into it. Yeah, and I thought a lot of the action works well with the plot the plot itself i will admit is a little bit of a lighter story especially coming from the last jedi which is such a heavy heavy story of like this is uh, you know one of the main episodes in the star wars saga but this was a nice little change of pace uh this was a lot more of like the star wars magic i've been kind of missing out on in the last couple years uh i think ron howard should be commended as well for coming in and practically salvaging this movie because from yeah. the sound of it, too, like you guys said, not only did we have rumors about terrible uh, acting from Alden for Han Solo himself uh, coming in, because I know like he needed like a, uh, what was it, an acting coach or so? Yeah, voice coach. Which I heard, by the way, is common, especially yeah. for roles like this. But um, Ron Howard coming in after the two original directors were fired and reshooting a majority of the film and um, going in. And I, from what I've heard, too, he had a lot of fun making this movie. And you can tell if you follow him on Twitter or Instagram. You can see it in the film that they all had fun doing mm-hmm. this movie. Oh, yeah. It seems really legit, man. And it's just one of those movies that, as a Star Wars fan, I felt... I was one of the... As you guys know from our last Jedi podcast, I was one of the ones that didn't quite... That movie didn't quite work for me. That's putting it nicely, I guess. This movie does, though. Even though it has a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, you know? I, it's one of those movies where I don't always look into what the other critics and the majority have said about a film. Um, I would go in it with kind of an open-mindedness to everything that this can bring to you and i i enjoyed it i i really had fun i had a lot of fun watching this movie so outside of what did work for us here because mostly we we can't talk about this too much without spoilers truthfully because this is one of those movies where there's a lot of things i want to talk about um especially i want to ask you guys too like when did you guys kind of accept alden ehrenreich as han solo but i want to go spoiler wise for that Mm -hmm. Like, what scene did it for you there? Anything? What was the weakest point of the film for you guys, though? For, for me, um, honestly, I love Thandie Newton, and I think she was underutilized. Um, I, ex- I was expecting a lot more out of her character. Um, so that kind of disappointed me a little bit. She played Val, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Um, because I thought she was going to be, especially how they introduce her into the story. Like, it seems like she's going to be a really big character, and it just kind of trails off afterwards, so that kind of disappoints me. I got you. What about you, Marco? Um, I don't think that there was, uh, like, a real true villain in the movie. Um, and I, th- I think that Paul Bettany, uh, who plays Dryden Voss, was uh, underutilized. And I, I'm pretty sure that comes because of the reshoots and scheduling conflicts. You could definitely so, tell with that. Um, yeah. I think that when he was on screen, he was very menacing, and he actually like brought a, a true threat. The aside from that, the only real conflict that Han had, which I was okay with, was discovering who he really was. Which I guess for some people it didn't work, um, but for for me it did. For me, I think he's. Still not quite there, right? Yeah, in this storyline, like he's by the end of the film, he's closer to the person he's going to become, but yeah. he's still very optimistic about where his path will take him as of right now. Yeah, I still don't get the where he's going to become super cynical about everything else and be mm-hmm. kind of pessimistic. I guess I would say. See, I can I can kind of see that because he's more optimistic in this. He's definitely different. He's more akin to how. He's more bright-eyed, so to speak, like yeah. Luke was in A New Hope. And you kind of see why he dismisses Luke so much in A New Hope because he sees how he used to be at that age. Yeah, And I'm like, oh, wow, it's like full circle. And some people felt that Han had the same arc as he did in A New Hope. And I'm like, did, did you watch the movie? Were you watching it? Um, I, I, one other thing that didn't work, though, was um, more Lando. I wanted more Lando. Yeah. It would have been nice, but I understand why he's more of a kind of a minor character in this one. Yeah. And it it works for the storyline. Uh, for me, personally, I think the first half hour of the movie is kind of a slow burn. I agree. Like, that's the part where, for me, where I, you can tell, I almost want to say, like, this is the part that Phil Lord Miller did. Because <laughs> you can tell, like, I was like, this is the stuff we've seen even before. But, like, I mean. Maybe after the time jump, it's all uh, yeah. I was <laughs> Ron like, Howard. Did they just do that first part? No, they shot like eighty percent of the film. But I heard he had to go back and do a, a ton of reshoots. Yeah, yeah. That first beginning part. I mean, I didn't enjoy the time jump. Actually, I would have liked to see. This is. I don't think this is spoiling too much here. No offense, but if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead ten seconds. But we don't get to see the Imperial Academy at all. No. I think uh, that would have been cool, but it would have probably dragged on even longer. Yeah, I was a little disappointed about that. I, I guess it made more sense to see him in action than him doing the whole Academy thing. Yeah, which through dialogue and such, you learn that he dropped out. and yeah, such a pretty cut. quick exposition, but yes. It is. It, well, that's one, the one thing with me, too, is there are a lot of these on-the-nose kind of references to the original saga, but... Truthfully, for me, that didn't bother me as no. much because, like, it's a prequel, guys. Like, this is what we do, and this is like we dealt with it in the prequel movies. Hell, even Rogue One is leading up to certain events, and nobody complained about that, right? I, I think every Star Wars film has some sort of on the nose reference or references that yeah. call back to other movies. You kind of have to for this series. I, I just don't see any other way around it. It worked for me though. Truthfully, Same. I didn't. I was there was no issue with it for me. I didn't think they overdid it, and I just liked. It's just cool. the The cast was really well done for me. That's why I hope this would get a sequel. From the sound of it, probably not, because of the uh, box office return on it. But once again, you got to remember Ron Howard start, got this movie in like the middle to what, the three end. quarters production, yeah. so he was just trying to fix what he had already been given. It's like giving you a broken car and like, here you go. Hopefully you can get it driving. Mm-hmm. But it's all yours if you can do it. So 
that's why I'm like, it'd be cool to see Ron Howard take it from the ground up, truthfully, and kind of do his own story with it, especially the way that this thing ends, which I want to talk about in spoilers. It leaves it very open for a sequel. Yeah. So, who would you guys recommend it to overall? Because I, I do want to jump into spoilers. I would recommend it to it, any Star Wars fan, really. I, I think that uh, James and I kind of agree that The Last Jedi was probably meant for kind of like uh, casual fans, I guess, if you will. The I don't casual want, fan. I don't want to lose fans of ours, but, um, our few we have, but I mean... Yeah, just, I mean, and that that's not a bash on them. It was just sort of meant for more like of an everybody type film, and I, I think this movie is more akin to to Star Wars while also introducing like some new flair. It does introduce some new elements, so I that's why I would recommend it to any Star Wars fan. I think that it's it's really enjoyable, and just have your own opinion if you're if you have qualms with it go to the go to a matinee show or if you have a five dollar tuesday theater do that but check it out what about you to uh if you liked and, and i know everybody's probably listening to this has but if if you you liked the original star wars film episode four just just the feelings that you got from it like james was saying the magic of star wars all kind of started from there if you if you kind of like that whole I don't know what's going to happen, but the, you can tell there's an adventure happening somewhere. Something mm-hmm. big is going on. That's that's how I felt when I watched Solo. That that because truthfully, Nabil, like you know too, these these are all based on like Flash Gordon and shit yeah, back in the day. Exactly. So these movies have they were originally intentionally never meant to get as serious as they've become now. And I feel like what you're going with is that it goes back to kind of more simpler, like, plot wise. Yeah, too, I mean, right? even the plot, it's a heist. There's two big heists that happen in the film um, and everything in between that. You know, that's really all it is. And it all takes place in a few days. I mean, outside of the very first 20 minutes. Everything's just a few days. So that just seeing him, you know, solo progress and trying to get to what he's trying to do and meet, get to his ends and you're learning more about the characters. They do really well, I think, in character development. You know enough that you need to know about from where they are there um, for the most part. And... All the action is just fun. You could see that they're they're like James and Marco was saying they were having fun doing it. Um, the the little twists and turns was going on. It was funny Com- comedy from the droid. Um, mm-hmm. Everything was just really it was fun, and that's what I thought about with the original Star Wars when I first saw it. And that's kind of how I feel about this film. I will add that if you've watched all of the Clone Wars and Rebels TV series, definitely watch this movie because it's a really good payoff. You, you get to see a lot of the underworld and the scoundrels in the world of those TV shows. And I felt that this movie did a great job at putting that on the big screen, which is something that you don't really see in the regular movies. So if if at least for that, watch this movie. Yeah, for me, going off of what you guys said, it's I'd recommend it for Star Wars fans. And, um, you know, I, I know there's all this negative media toward it after the nightmare of... Um, just getting this thing even released was and people it's crazy that we're bitching about a, a 71 percent rotten tomato score yeah. when that's still fresh that's really good by 11 percent. so no seven out of ten people agree that this movie's good mm-hmm. guys some of my favorite films are in like the 30s percentile <laughs> okay so fucking check this movie out um, no, I had fun. It's great. Uh, I love the acting in it. I thought it was really well done. Action is great. A little bit of romance. Uh, it's quite funny, actually. It has a lot of those little yeah. uh, quirks and one-liners, but I mean, it doesn't overdo it at any given time either with that. 
I think the comedy in this film was really good, and yeah. it felt more akin to the other, to the original trilogy, and even like the Last Jedi. Like the comedy in those movies is really funny, and this this movie I feel matches that level. It's not yeah. cheesy. It's no, funny. not not at all. Uh, and like No Bill said, uh, it kind of brings you back with that kind of feeling of the original trilogy. I really did feel it in this one. I really really enjoyed this movie. It was fun, and it. I can't recommend it enough to any Star Wars fans. Uh, let's go ahead, guys, and jump into spoilers here, okay? So if you have not seen Solo, we're, we're actually going to break open pretty big egg here for the next five or six minutes. So I would definitely skip ahead to our outro. Just take a look at our description. Okay, so back from our little noise thing there to signify that the spoilers are coming up there. Like I mentioned earlier, what moment for you guys, if any, if all, I'm not saying you have to agree with me, where Alan Ehrenreich, did he become, where did you accept him during the viewing of the movie as Han Solo? I'll let you know mine, and you guys let me know yours. Mine was kind of a random moment, actually, but it worked for me. When they are escaping the mining facility, mm. when Lando comes out with the two blasters and throws Han his blaster, and um, Han starts shooting and all that crap, that was the moment for me where I was like, "That's." I didn't even think of it as like, oh, that's the guy playing Han Solo. I was like, that's Han Solo. It just worked for me. I don't know why. It was fucking awesome, too, by the way. Uh, I, I'm going to chime in off of that because I, I agree. Like that that scene where Han and Lando are shooting side by side, and uh, Han Solo is doing his iconic pose, yeah, yeah. and and shooting because he always tilts his wrist slightly up when he shoots, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's fucking spot on. But that, and also when he took control of the Millennium Falcon, yeah, oh, that was, and that was it was nice. just it felt so natural him flipping all the switches, and I know that's in the trailer. But it it's accentuated better when you're actually watching the movie and see the circumstances surrounding him and see him pilot that ship as if it's an extension of his own. I was like, wow, he's he's naturally like taking control of the situation. And it and it's it was one of his shining moments as well. So that's it. I, I know a little I cheated a little bit because I chose two moments, but I feel those two moments combined is what's really which are pretty Solo. close to each other. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, and and kind of the same guys. That moment when he takes over the Millennium Falcon, Falcon. That's that's exactly where I felt that he, that's Han Solo. But I actually started to get that feeling a little bit at the honestly at the very beginning when he starts racing the speedy speeder and they try to race to the uh, oh nice the boarding yeah. dock. Just seeing how he's racing and how confident he is and he's trying to do it and then he flubs up at the end where he's trying to escape. I was like go through the gap. Yeah, yeah. I was that's like cool. so it didn't always work for him. I, that right there, I said okay, I could see what they're doing here and I kind of start and believe that he's Han but when he finally takes over the Millennium Falcon that's where I really look at him like wow that's you know he's got the confidence he's making all the twists he's taking control and like you said and uh, Marco and he he knows like he understands what he needs to do even if it's a risk and he's he's gonna do it because that's the best way out yeah let me just add that the mannerisms he adds that are very Han Solo-esque and the angles that Ron Howard chose to make him can't really look like Han mm-hmm. worked for me. Some people I've heard it took him out of the movie, but I'm like, it 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 was done so flawlessly though. Yeah. How could it take you out? It's so. like a little smirk or a smile, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit! Like this kid, this kid gets it, man. Yeah. Um, I want to jump into the three shocking moments here. To me, at least, that I wrote down, but I want to see what your guys' opinion on it. First off, the reveal that Darth Maul is the 
leader of kind of well the goat is part of red crimson right he's the phantom menace Mm -hmm. or crimson sun sorry about that crimson technically yeah but it's revealed that kira at the end is talking to darth maul did that guy did that blow your guys mind oh yeah i did not expect that me neither i think that was great and it was awesome of them to hide it and it came out of nowhere and made the movie even more worth it. Yeah, so going off of Marco's little re- recommendation from earlier, that's definitely a, a payoff for people that watch Clone Wars and uh, Star Wars Rebels because this is definitely still in the time period from the gap between those two shows where mm-hmm. Maul is kind of getting all the criminal organizations together, which also, if you guys want to read the comic, Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir, he kind of goes over as well. Take a look. But... Um, it works really well, and it's a cool payoff, especially to see Ray Park uh, playing the character as well. Yeah, and um, it, it was awesome. And, and again, not not throwing shade at anybody, at anybody, but this is why again I say that this is meant more for fans rather than casual fans because many of the people that I talk to that enjoyed the Last Jedi have never seen Clone Wars or Rebels, and I feel like this such a cameo like that wouldn't have much of effect on them versus the versus somebody who has seen those shows um me personally who has like marathon them many times i feel like it was a great payoff nice um what did you guys think well going right off that scene of kira's kind of decision to not join up with han at the end there i think that had a really good uh kind of character arc for her like yeah she she set it up the whole time that she really wanted to be free but she knew that it was too late for her she technically never lied to him right no never did and she you know she kind of always said imagine of things that could have been but it's too you know really like it's she's too late. like it's too late for her this is what she's trying to get to and um she found the opportunity she needed to and now she's in charge and she'll probably always have a soft spot for a uh, soft spot for han but Ultimately, she is who she is, and this is what she had to do. I think do. it works, too, because even uh, Beckett the whole time is like, hey, she's just a survivor. She's yeah. here just to... she's use, I don't know if she's entirely using him, but maybe in a way, because he did end up getting rid of Dryden in a yeah. way. So that lets Kira's ascension as the new leader of that kind of gang kind of start up in a way. And it shows you, too, that Han is... you know He's naive about it. He, he does have a weakness for... Her. Yeah, but I, it works out with his arc with that, though. I agree. I mean, I saw it coming, but I don't think that that was the point. That seeing it coming was the point, or not seeing it coming was the point. I think more or less, like what you were saying, James, is it helps with Han's arc, and it shows that you you got to remember this is ten years before A New Hope is when this takes place. Yeah. So this is a very different Han. He's not the scoundrel that we all know, and this helps kind of further highlight why he does what he does, which is run. He's surrounded by this in his world where he gets constantly betrayed and everyone runs out on him and that's all he's ever known. So that's a knee, it becomes a knee jerk reaction for him. And even like I said this earlier, but it, it, it helps draw the arc all the way to the force awakens as to why did Han cut and run when Ben Solo turned to the dark side? Well, mm-hmm. this is why these are those roots as to why he makes those abrupt decisions. So I felt that worked for me. And then moving into Beckett, like Beckett's betrayal and like his death, I'm going to start it off with this. Betrayal kind of was showing up, too. I think just like the Kira thing, it was hinted at where Beckett's telling her uh, Han the whole time. It's like, don't tr- just assume mm-hmm. everybody's going to betray you. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice little twist. Like, I saw it coming, Yeah, truthfully. So I was like, ah, fuck, I know who this is. Like the, Especially when um, Drayden called him in. Yeah. The and payoff was Sean Han shooting first. That, that was, was really cool. Good it also kind of reminded me of Indiana Jones a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
the dude swirling the blade and he just shot him. Shot him. Like, oh, shut the fuck up. That's wow, what I yeah. connected it to. Mm-hmm. Damn. I thought that Good was one. like a bigger connection, but I mean, it's also the whole who sh- who shot first. But also that shows you the evolution that he's like, he's at that point where he's like, I'm not going to take any, you know, he's not surpassed Beckett as a, yeah. as from the like master to, or mentor to student kind of thing. Yeah. So that worked for me too. But all three, I think were pretty sh- big moments near the end, but it works for the most part for what, like what I'm saying here. Yeah. They, I mean, it all, they, they do a very good job at tying everything in together, you know, like from where it starts, how it ends. Um, it's a very good full closure. And if they didn't do a, um, a sequel, I, I could still be okay with it. I'd like to see more, but like it does very well just ending that and saying that this It'd is It'd be cool if is. like a no- at least a novel or a comic connected. Yeah. Right. Which I, Disney's pretty good at doing right now. So I, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. But last question here too, guys, with these movies, did you enjoy this one more than The Last Jedi? And, well, I guess you've already answered the sequel part of it as well. But um, was this something, because I know our opinions on it differed on that movie. Was this something that, especially, I know in a bill you said that you actually did enjoy The Last Jedi. I did. Did you have more fun and enjoying with this one? Or was it more Last Jedi, like the kind of more serious tone of the things? Um, I... This is way more fun than Last Jedi for sure. I, honestly, I actually like this more than Rogue One as far as fun is concerned. Like I feel that Rogue One's a pretty grim story. Yeah, that's why too. Rogue One is pretty dark and heavy, and and it's a good story for sure. But for me, like watching this film, it just made me feel like lighter. You know, watching the last two films, Rogue One and and uh, Last Jedi, um, it makes it so much more fun to be able to watch something like this and not have to worry about the consequences. Mostly because it's a prequel, so you know what's going to happen, of course, but. Um, there's just so much more time to play with it before episode four that you you can have a little bit of ambiguity uh, ambiguity on what's going to happen, um, and that's that's part of the reason why I think it was just entertaining overall. Uh, what about you, Marco? I yes, I liked it more than the Last Jedi, and it's I've learned to appreciate the Last Jedi after watching it a few times after its release. It's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but it's not because Solo is more lighthearted and Last Jedi is heavy-handed. It's the execution. I I liked the themes and the things introduced in The Last Jedi, but again, the execution, I think, fell short and just wasn't as impactful as some of the Star Wars movies. And I think Ron Howard really showed his experience in this movie versus Ryan Johnson. And I'm a big Ryan Johnson fan, but it really shows that one director is more experienced than the other. And even with limited time, Ron Howard was able to yeah, uh, come up with not a very that, strong no, film. It didn't even get a delay. Like, it still hit the, the release date, which it, is kind exactly. of miraculous. And it, again, Rogue One is still my favorite Star Wars movie, and it's a darker film. So it has nothing to do really with tone, but as far as how the overall product is executed and delivered... And I think that Solo really was done well in that fashion, which is why I, I really appreciate it. And it's definitely one of you know my favorite uh, Star Wars movies now. Uh, no, I, yeah, I actually agree with Nabil. I think I like this better than Rogue One, only tone-wise, like, and especially over Last Jedi. No offense, as you guys all know, I, I really did not like Last Jedi. I've only seen it once, though, so I got to give it another little go. But this is definitely a movie that I thought nailed the tone of a Star Wars film. And I know there's Agreed. all these fucking critics saying, like, oh, it's a regression of the Star Wars storyline and all that shit. And it's like, well, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
but no offense i don't think it's a regression it's just an it's a it's a star wars story i don't i yeah. think these people are missing the point of these uh spin-off movies they're not part of the main saga they are a slotted in between episodes and there are supposed to be different takes on things so this is a movie that works well it's fun it's entertaining i can't recommend it enough yeah i agree and i agree with what you said that these movies are supposed to be different than the episodic movies and I disagree with some of the critics saying that it's, you know, back to the old drawing board. No, I still think Rogue One and also Solo have their own uh, different themes and their own different elements than the episodic movies. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they're not watching the right movie. Yeah, I'll say this much as well. I actually am looking forward to seeing this again and possibly seeing it in the theaters like soon again. Oh, I'm definitely going to see it again. And it's one of those movies like, the last Jedi, I was like, nope, I'm good. So, hey, take a look there. Uh, we all really enjoyed the film. Take a look at it for yourself and let us know what you think, okay? Anyways, thanks, guys, for listening. That's the end of our review of Solo, A Star Wars Story. Thank you for all the guys listening here, too. I just want to give a shout-out to everybody that's been giving us feedback, response, reviews. I know I say that every every pod, but it really does mean a lot to us every time we get a comment or a like or a share. Even when we do a random indie horror film like last time, yeah. it was much. It was actually much better received than I thought it was going to be. So, uh, Marco, how do they reach us, by the way? Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash moviepalspod. And you can also tweet at us at moviepalspod. Thank you also, everyone, for checking us out, sharing us, uh, recommending movies to us. Keep that coming. I know we had our first winner with uh, that Amazon movie that we just saw, The Girl with All the Gifts. Um, Don't feel discouraged, though. We will continue to listen to you guys and take in any recommendation you give to us. And also, please, please, subscribe to us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Awesome. And uh, just to give everybody a heads up, if I sound weird in this pod, it's because I'm using a new mic real quick. Uh, We do now have the ability to have a guest, so possibly in a future podcast we might have a fourth person which you know it took a year but hey we got there guys right stepping our game up everybody yeah sometimes i don't know maybe you want to join us up if you want to if you want to maybe talk to us about some movies and if we all agree on it hit us up on facebook or twitter and we will think about it (laughs) (laughs) truthfully but i mean you know or shoot us a question as well too we'll create a whole segment just based off of that answering your guys's questions to us exactly uh so next time on the pod Stay tuned because we're going to be doing a, a first of some sorts. As Nabil's raising his eyes at me. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're going to be doing the documentary on Astro, actually uh, Mr. Rogers, which is the new film, Won't You Be My Neighbor? So stay tuned for that one, guys. Until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.